Hello, I am Jeremy Kingsbury. This is Way Too Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast, the show where you come along with me as I explore the likely repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers. Let's listen to some tunes. Welcome back to Way Too Twug's Bagpipe and History Podcast Season 5. Uh, so yeah, new year, new season, new intro music, um, but still pretty much the same overly long format. Uh, I had this big plan, you know, over the, the break. I've been looking back at all the tunes I played last year, kind of organizing them and seeing how things shifted. And I was like, oh, I haven't played any Angus McKay in a long time. And my plan had been to... Um, just do that. Just kind of play a tune from a bunch of different manuscripts that I found interesting. But that has all changed, and as you can see by the title, we are talking about stress bass today instead, um, and specifically kind of the history of illin piping and stress bass as much as I can, you know, describe it as a history of illin pipes and stress bass. But basically, I combed through some uh, manuscripts and things, kind of looking for examples of illin pipers or pastoral pipers putting stress pays in their tune collections in the 18th and 19th centuries as much as that's possible to check. And I'm going to play a couple of those. Uh, and that is all thanks to Jarlath Henderson's uh, Piper Sunday kind of performance or presentation from the Southern California Ellen Pipers Club. Haven't been making it to as many of those uh, Piper Sundays as I used to, uh, but wanted to make sure to check in on uh, Jar's and uh, it was great. It was great. Uh, but at one point, you know, Jarlis has recorded uh, a couple of stress bays on his album, A Moment in Time, and he performed them. And a lot of people on the, in the Zoom call were like, I've never heard a stress bay on Island Pipes before. Uh, and I, I was sure that I had played stress bays on Island Pipes before, just kind of mostly because I don't have a fiddle uh, or play a fiddle. And that was sort of why I think <laughs> like it wasn't out of any like, Oh, I love a stress bay. Honestly, um, stress bays are pretty hard for me. Uh, and it's something I like want to get better at this year, uh, and had a breakthrough in the process of recording this podcast. But, uh, anyway, it got me to thinking about kind of illin pipes and stress bays and how rare really was it in the past. Um, stress bays are pretty uniquely Scottish, um, form of kind of dance reel um, originally of course that is alive and well in um, Nova Scotia and Cape Breton and played all over the place now but like Cape Breton specifically has that same like arguably it's well whatever they've basically preserved it right so it's still alive and well there uh, whereas it might have gotten a little bit diluted um, in Scotland this is not a thing I should be talking about because I haven't done any research on that and I'm sure I will look back and be like no nope, nope, that's wrong um Anyway, it, uh, we're going to talk about that on a later episode. So what we're doing today is playing kind of old Illin pipe settings for stress bays. Um, and so our tune list is pretty long. We opened up with Irish Hoboy, which is not a stress bay, um, but it's going to be my new intro music for a good long bit anyway. That's James Aird's setting. We'll talk more about that tune at a later date, I think. Um, because it's got its own interesting history. Uh, but we're going to open up with uh, Jaron Ennis's um, set. This is the second track off their album, uh, Moment in Time. Um, it's The the tunes are Top Gallant Sale by uh, Ennis Watson wrote it, then John Stephen of Chance Inn from Angus Fitchett, uh, then Traverse Jig and Gutsy's Frolics that are both just kind of listed as traditional, though Gutsy's Frolics um, 
is you know McDoherty's version is what it says in the liner notes. Um, then I'm going to play Roy's Wife of Aldevalik from O'Farrell uh, from his National Tutor, and then also from O'Farrell's National Tutor, we're going to play Roddy Murchis's rant. Uh, and then Paul Anderson has agreed to kind of contribute a tune to the podcast too. So I'm going to um, have Paul Anderson, who's just a stellar Scottish fiddler. Um, if you've not heard of him, uh, you're probably not on. Well, anyway, if you've not heard of him, uh, you should really check him out. He's uh, very uniquely poised to be uh, somebody that everybody that enjoys this podcast should be listening to. But uh, so anyway, Paul Anderson did a set a couple of years ago and posted it uh, to YouTube of Rodney Murchis's rant, but Robert Bremner's setting, uh, and then Dogs by Chapman and the Fairy Dance from Nathaniel Gow. So I'll play. We'll have that track. Uh, and then, so Paul Anderson is from Aberdeenshire now. Uh, so I wanted to look at a pastoral piper from Aberdeenshire. So we looked at the Southern Ma- Sutherland manuscripts and found just a couple of Strathspeys in there. Um, one of them, kind of the first one that I found in the manuscript is the Hawes of Cromdale. Uh, and he just, he wrote out Strathspey right next to it. So you didn't mistake it. Uh, a couple pages later, he has basically the Hawes of Cromdale again, but in a different key. Um, and this time he doesn't say it's a stress pay, although it is dotted and, you know, it's, it's written that same way that it could be. Um, so I just played those two as a set. That's Mary Maid's Wedding. Uh, then we're going to go back to O'Farrell, uh, this time to the Pocket Companion. Uh, O'Farrell has many stress pays in the Pocket Companion, but we're going to play You With a Crooked Horn, because uh, I found O'Farrell's setting for You With a Crooked Horn inside another Piper's kind of manuscript um, from Ireland, uh, from early 1790s or so, or I guess it would be, the manuscript was started in the 1780s and kind of kept going well into the 19th century. I'm pretty sure that this Piper just copied O'Farrell's setting. It's the same, it's note for note the same anyway. Um, anyway, so we're gonna play Youth of Crooked Horn. And then you know, some of the stuff I've been reading, um, about stress bays is just that, you know, they argue, um, that older, settings and music didn't include the dotting and cutting because you're just supposed to do that if you want to um and so i'm gonna play you with the crooked horn it's not really anybody's setting i wound up with this tune stuck in my head from listening to other people play it to the point where i didn't realize it was you with the crooked horn until i posted it as a tune of the day last year um so i'm gonna play that and then i'm gonna play the little cascade as a stress bay and then as a reel um i've been a little obsessed with uh, i think it's george mcclellan's the little cascade uh, since seeing uh, just a little tiny clip of Stuart Little playing it at one of the Glenfiddich, um, Glenfiddich championships years ago. Um, so anyway, so we're going to play You at the Crooked Horn and a little cascade on Highland Pipes. Uh, and then we're going to go back on Illin Pipes and do uh, from Neil Gow's collection, Lady Baird's Stress Bay. Lady Baird's Stress Bay is another one of these tunes that shows up. It's, it's around. Uh, it's been published a lot of places. It's an aired. There's sort of two different settings for it. Um, Neil Gow's and then James Aird's setting is a little bit more kind of major. They're in different keys, but I'm musically illiterate to the point where I can't tell you what they are. Um, but I like Neil Gow's setting for it a little bit better. Uh, and then, so we've played out of Neil Gow's setting before. Uh, I played Drummond Castle last year out of the same collection. And so I decided to go to the Drummond Castle manuscript uh, from 1734 and look for a tune to pair with Lady Baird's Stress Bay. And so I'm just going to play a simple reel called Alistair, which is in the Drummond Castle manuscript. And according to traditional tune archive, it's nowhere else, but I'm sure that just means nobody's found it yet. Um, But anyway, so good old reel. And then the next tune in Neil Gow's um, 
collection of kind of dance tunes and stuff in that book, which was for the Caledonian Hunting Society of some... It's a weird collection, but some good tunes in there. Uh, anyway, the next tune in there was a reel called Jenny Sutton, which would sound amazing on Ellen Pipes if you could handle the key chain, the, the octave jumps. Um, but I just played it on Highland Pipes because I really liked it. <laughs> so it's not a stress bay and it's not an Ellen Pipes, but I just liked it so much uh, that I played it. And I, Jenny Sutton's another one of these common tunes. And so I found a uh, country dance setting for it in Joseph Dale's Country Dance Book, which was from around 1800, that just sits as is on Highland Pipes pretty well. Whew. Anyway, getting a little tired. This is the third time I have recorded this episode because I keep coming back to it. So um, let's get going and just start us off with the music uh, from Jar and Ennis. This album is super good. Uh, like I said, this is my third time kind of recording the audio for the podcast just because I've gone and done some research and had a couple emails with Keith Sanger and I've got different things to say and kind of negating things I said in earlier passes so I'm a little drained um and when I was getting ready to, to look at this I went and clicked over on the Bandcamp link to look at a moment in time and man that first track uh is just so soothing to me and good um but it's a stellar album it came out last year uh the proceeds for the album when they first sold it went to kind of benefit scottish food banks and they released it uh kind of late november so i think it was part of like a christmas good charity goodwill um the winter sucks so let's be helpful thing um and yeah so it's, it's stellar music um and the second track is uh, stress base so Many thank yous to Jar and Ennis for agreeing to uh, kind of let me play this track. I guess I only asked Jar, but hopefully Ennis doesn't mind. Um, but you should definitely check out the rest of the album. But anyway, here are the stress bays that sort of got everybody uh, talking on the Southern California Ellen Piper's club meeting uh, or Piper Sunday and got me thinking about the history of stress bays and Ellen Pipes. So anyway, here is gutsies is what it's called or track two once again the tunes are traverse jig or sorry tune is top gallant sale which is by ennis watson john stephen of chanson from angus fitchett traverse jig and gutsies frolic which are just listed as sort of traditional Thank you. 
you so much. Uh, what a great way to start season five with uh, getting Charlo Henderson and Ennis Watson on here. Um, if you listened all the way back to season four, I've been kind of trying to uh, have a Charlo Henderson track on here for a long time, but uh, it was really just, yeah, lovely to see his uh, performance and he was very kind to say, yeah, go ahead, play a tune, uh, play a track. Um, talking to him about kind of upcoming music projects, he does say that he's got more stress space on the way, kind of whatever his next uh, project is. Uh, anyway, so after Jar performed the stress phase and everybody kind of responded like, oh, what a different thing. Um, I decided to first look at O'Farrell's National Tutor. Um, you know, by the time O'Farrell published this National Tutor, which I've seen sometimes ascribed to 1797, um, sometimes 1800, kind of, but right around the turn of the century, like O'Farrell was already playing in London for a pretty cosmopolitan crowd. Um, and even the title of it, you know, it's a collection of national Irish music for the Union Pipes, but it does mention kind of in small print that there is a selection of Scotch tunes. Uh, but O'Farrell doesn't go through and list the origins of these tunes like he does in the Pocket Companions, and there's just something that feels a little more like this is part of the Tudor essential tunes as opposed to just, oh, these are a bunch of music, a bunch of tunes that O'Farrell's um, playing around. Uh, but there are two stress bays in the National Tudor. There are several more in the Pocket Companions. Um, but I wanted to start by playing the, the tunes in, um, in the tutor. So this is the tune Roy's Wife of Al de Valak. And, you know, I spend, if I'm thinking about it, I generally, you know, do a search for any tune I'm going to play on traditional tune archive to see if there's anything interesting to talk about. And this one is a little bizarre because the, most of the stuff on traditional tune archive seems like, oh yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. And that's really cool. Uh, this one, there's, this is the first time I'm seeing sort of like, well, that doesn't track. Um, mostly just that it says the Celtus My Delight is another name for this tune. Um, the settings I've seen for Celtus My Delight and the settings on traditional tune archive don't really look anything like this tune to me. Um, but it does mention kind of the, the description, the notations for the tune. It does mention that this song or this tune was written by a woman. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Mrs. Elizabeth Grant of Karen um, is born near Aberlour and Elke is on the River Spey. So uh, anyway, Spey tune from a Spey lass, I guess, is how to do that. So I guess really, so, so like that's true, <laughs> that like that's kind of the conventional wisdom is that stress bays were first made popular in stress bay or like Speyside on the River Spey. That region of scotland and from there kind of exploded everywhere else um it seems like that is wrong and one of the reasons i don't want to get into this too much because i think we're going to wind up doing a whole episode on stress bays and highland piping rather than inland piping um but just kind of the after reading a couple of william lamb's articles on the stress bay and i'll link to those in the show notes there's one that's just super accessible it's like 14 pages um, and is even the big one reeling in stress bay is just 37 pages. So it's a solid read with some really great, um, quotes in it, but, you know, Lamb thinks that the space I think came basically from one person, Thomas Newt traveling through, um, Scotland in the 1780s. Um, and so t in Thompson's, in this book, uh, there's, he's got this extended quote in the article it says stress bay is celebrated for its reels, a species of music that happily unites gaiety with grace moving now with measured step and flow. And now at a quick and sudden pace music 
Okay, and then here, this quote is awesome. <laughs> he goes on to say, Music in general was divided by McCrimmon, the piper, principal of the musical college in the Isle of Skye, into four kinds. Music for love, music for sorrow, music for war, and music for meat. But the last of these, he must have meant reels, among which the Stress Bay. Stress Bay is as highly distinguished among the reels of the North Highlands, the Islands, Argyleshire, and Perthshire, as the plaintive melody of southern counties. Uh, is among the slow tunes that arose in other parts of the lowlands of Scotland. With regard to the first composers or even performers of the Stress Bay Reels, there are not any certain accounts. Uh, according to the tradition of the country, the first who played them were the Browns of Kincardine, Kincardine uh, to whom are ascribed a few of the most ancient tunes. After these men, the comings of uh, Fruchi, now Castle Grant, uh, were in the highest estimation for their knowledge and execution of the Stress Bay music, and most of the tunes handed down to us uh, are certainly that they're composing. Successive race of musicians, I mean, it doesn't matter. This is the, it goes on. <laughs> um, all that is to say that um, William Lamb and many others kind of put forth a pretty good argument that this is all not accurate, that uh, Stress Bay certainly had Stress Bay players, but uh, the argument is basically that um, Speyside and Stress Bay was like a border borderland between the Highlands and Lowlands and therefore kind of the rest of, um, you know, the United Kingdom or England, depending on when you're talking about. And so uh, Lamb's arguments and people before him too, is that Stress Bays come from Gaelic work songs and that rhythmic movement. Um, cause if you look at lullabies and walking songs and those kind of things, they are often dotted and cutted like um like a scottish work song um like i said we're gonna i'm gonna have to talk about this more but uh that's where this this myth comes from so basically lamb and if i'm understanding um keith sanger correctly it's like this is a, a gaelic tradition but it's specifically scottish like gaelic tradition not irish for whatever reason like the Irish work songs aren't the same thing or maybe don't even exist the same way. Um, certainly aren't dotted and cutting. Interestingly enough, when I was looking through this manuscript from an Irish piper or musician, um, I did find a couple stress bays in there, but mostly all the dotting and cutting was just in songs, but in like printed broadsides and things. So uh, obviously dotting and cutting is a thing that is, you know, pretty universally used, but there is something distinct and different about the, the way that a stress bay does the kind of dotting and cutting and then rush through and the dotting and cutting and, and rush through. That seems pretty uniquely that. Anyway, so yes, Stress Bays, it's a place, um, home of whiskey, uh, Speyside whiskey and, and tunes that are played like that. But it seems likely that it is just a, that's just where it became palatable and recognizable to a world outside of the highlands and islands. That's sort of the, the leading theory now, if I'm understanding it correctly, which I might not be because I've only read a couple of these articles, but I plan to revisit them more uh, to talk about that in the future. Um, but that's not what this episode about. This episode is about Illin Union pastoral pipers playing stress bays and recording them down in their notes. So let us move on to the first one, which is Roy's wife of Aldevalic from O'Farrell's uh, National Tutor.
Yeah, like I said, on Traditional Tune Archive, it says that that tune, uh, another name for it, is Celtus My Delight. So this is Celtus My Delight. I don't hear it. I'll just play it, kind of skipping the repeats. <laughs> skipping some of the repeats anyway um like i said i don't quite hear it but definitely a good tune um but yeah so it was roy's wife of autovolic out of apparel's national tutor uh the next one uh actually i guess the first one in the tutor is uh this tune rather murchis's rant uh which is definitely the more challenging of the two stress bays for me to figure out um it's also the first one i found tried to play it couldn't figure it out kind of gave up went searching for it uh which is how i found paul anderson's uh version of it but anyway didn't give up so here is my playing of rather murchis's rants on illin pipes and then we'll talk a little bit more about it So as I was uh, kind of getting started with that tune, like I said, it was, it was pretty challenging for me. So I searched for it and was pleasantly surprised to see uh, Paul Anderson come up having played it and played it really well. Um, I imagine that everybody that listens to this is familiar with Paul Anderson, but if not, you should really check him out. Um, it, it's, I've been trying to, like I said, I, I feel like he's a friend of mine, even though like He's like this huge icon in Scottish fiddling. He's just so kind. Like every time I have messaged him, he has um, just responded with really long kind of honest discussions with the questions I was asking. And he's very giving of his time and gives off this just wonderfully, um, this just wonderful accepting energy as well as being an incredible fiddler. Um, but sort of the weird, you know, everybody's pandemic has gone different, uh, I suppose, but, uh, Paul Anderson was doing a gig before coronavirus happened where he like happened, like he had borrowed and gotten all of these, uh, fiddles kind of of famous Scottish fiddlers, um, for a performance uh, from various museums and private collections that owned them. And then the coronavirus happened. And what was supposed to be, my understanding is that, you know, what was supposed to be kind of a brief period of Paul looking after these fiddles turned into him having them for a, like a year. 
Um, and so Paul did the only thing that anybody would do, obviously, is he recorded like every tune associated with the various people whose fiddles he had, which means he played through uh, James Scott Skinner's uh, tunes on James Scott Skinner's fiddle. Uh, I think he has two Gao fiddles. I think he might have Neil and Nathaniel Gao's fiddles. Um, right now he's working through Simon Fraser's collection, but I think he doesn't have Simon Fraser's fiddle. But he's just like he's just got this. Uh, he's a beautiful player and he's put out these amazing videos. It's well worth your time to, to kind of look through his YouTube, um, YouTube page. Um, this is from before the pandemic. So this is when he was just recording, just recording, <laughs> but he would record videos pretty regularly. This is my first exposure to him. Um, well, probably not, but this is my first exposure where I, I knew him as Paul Anderson. I almost certainly listened to his, uh, fiddle music other places, but, uh, he was doing all these videos that uh, I think it's pronounced Migby Kirk, uh, but it's a, you know, Kirk in Aberdeenshire and he would just go in there and talk a little bit about these tunes and play a beautiful setting. And the Kirk just, you know, allows for some great views and echoes and it's really, really worth your time to check them out. Um, but yeah, so I've been hoping to have him on here and I just, you know, doing the, doing the search uh, for Rodney Murchis's rant. Paul Anderson plays it. So he agreed to let me play this tune. You should check out his YouTube page. It's not under Paul Anderson. I think it's under Fingal Cromer. I'll, I'll have this all linked, obviously, in the show notes, but I'm not sure how many people click through to those. Uh, yeah, Fingal Cromar. So if you just search for Fingal Cromer, uh, C-R-O-M-A-R, you'll just get to these incredible... Like it's, it's absurd. He's only got 908 subscribers, um, but there is just tons and tons of incredible fiddle playing uh kind of playing through all these tunes on the original composer's fiddles often um yeah good stuff anyway so paul kind of played uh rather murchis's rant as part of a set so he uses robert bremner setting for rather murchis's rant uh and then he plays dogs by chapman which i've played on the podcast in the past i think angus mckay's setting um and then into the fairy dance by nathaniel gow and his playing of the fairy like all of his playing's good but he just absolutely it just feels like oh you you put everything you you slayed everything it's right there on the floor um the fairy dance is just so good as uh paul plays it so anyway i'm gonna sit back and enjoy some uh balvenny and listen to paul play uh paul pointed out that he thinks rather murchis's rant is sort of known in kind of the irish and donegal tradition as graf's b um and that he also mentions that that tune was one of supposedly it's robert burns's favorite fiddle tune and he set the lyrics of lassie with the light wind locks to uh lint white locks rather um to that to the melody of rather murchis's rant so anyway thanks again paul and here is his lovely playing <laughs> Thank you. 
it's so good. It's so good. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so I've, I've heard people complain that... Um, I feel like I, I saw some thread on Bob Dunsire a long time ago about how bagpipes shouldn't bother playing stress pays because it's clearly a fiddle t- thing. <laughs> and there... Uh, maybe it's not fair to myself to listen to Paul Anderson play a stress pay on a fiddle. Cause like, obviously I'm going to be like, well, yeah, obviously no bagpiper should ever play a stress pay. Look at that. Um, but you can definitely, there are some, some fiddle roots there that seem important. So, uh, since we're in Aberdeenshire, it seems like it's a good time to go to another Piper's collection. So, uh, I looked at John Sutherland's collection and in there, uh, John Sutherland had Haws of Cromdale. That's what it's going to play. So Sutherland has Halls of Cromdale. Um, and, you know, it's a it's an old tune, old Jacobite kind of propaganda tune from the 1600s. And uh, it's a good it's a good tune. Uh, it's kind of different. Sutherland specifically says stress bay next to it. Um, so, like, that's what he calls it, <laughs> is a stress bay. Uh, Sutherland's an interesting, interesting character. Like I said, it, it was looking through his collection. So Sutherland's a pastoral piper from Aberdeenshire in the 1760s, I think. And there just isn't a ton of stress bays. And you would think there would be plenty of them in that area. Um, but he's not playing a lot of them on his bagpipe. But there are two or three in there. Uh, this was the one that kind of, this is the only one that I saw where he actually calls it a stress bay in the, the notes, which is why I'm playing it. Uh, and then the next page or two pages later on his manuscript, he has a tune um, called uh, The Merry Maid's Wedding, which just looks like the real version of Halls of Cromdale in a different key. So I kind of put those two together here as a set that doesn't sound particularly good as a set, but you can hear the similarities between the two tunes anyway.
so that was Sutherland uh, from Aberdeenshire. Uh, so O'Farrell is playing for Scottish folks. Uh, Sutherland certainly is playing for Scottish folks in Scotland. Um, so yeah, it's it seems kind of looking through Irish collections that uh, Irish pipers that play this stuff generally are playing it to entertain Scottish listeners. But like I said, there's this this manuscript that I'm hoping to talk more about in the future. Uh, but it's a collection of all kinds of music from uh, probably an Irish piper in the 1790s through kind of early 1800s. And he's got a couple stress space in there too. Um, he seems to be copying them note for note from O'Farrell's pocket companion, but still like that's a tune that he thought was worth copying out. So anyway, so the, the tune that he copied out uh, is You With Your Crooked Horn. So I'm going to play O'Farrell setting uh, for You With Your Crooked Horn. And hopefully we'll talk more about that collection in the future. Anyway, so here is You With Your Crooked Horn on Ellen Pipes. Bye. <laughs> So You With Your Crooked Horn is, you know, it's an old tune. It's, it shows up in tune collections throughout the 18th century. Um, and it shows up in Highland Pipe, you know, collections pretty early on too. Uh, Angus Mackay has it, but he has it as just a straight reel without a lot of dotting and cutting. And looking at so, some of William Lamb's articles, the there's an argument made that kind of the older settings don't have the dotting and cutting and that it was intentional and kind of understood that pipers would do as they chose you know add dotting and cutting to make it a stress bait or play it as a reel um and so so yeah i don't know um user crook and horn has evolved into a pretty uh awesome uh piping stress bay uh, i think the scots guard setting is the one that i'm most familiar with hearing um I kind of looked through the historic tunes and couldn't find anything. And I wasn't even going to play it on Highland Pipes. And then I realized that, you know, I, I play it from memory from some time I looked at music or listening to other people. So I might as well just play it. So I'm going to play You With Your Crooked Horn as a stress bay, but I guess I'll call this my setting. I think it's a bad copy of what you see in Scots Guards and only as a two-part. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure where I got this from. Um, and then I'm going to play... Um, the little cascade kind of experimenting with this idea that you can play anything as a stress bay, you know, just add dotting and cutting as you want and play it a bit slower. So we're going to play George McClellan's uh, little cascade as a stress bay, and then I'll speed it up to play it as a reel, uh, sort of like I did back on the uh, Halls of Cromdale 
um, set a couple tracks back. The Halls of Cromdale and this one I recorded kind of after I finished the podcast and didn't like my takes of Halls of Cromdale. Uh, and then I decided to do this Highland piping bit. And it was a really helpful trick to me. Stress bays have always been difficult for me. Uh, it's something I want to get better at. And today the breakthrough was you know, or spent the day reading about stress bays, which was probably helpful just to kind of theoretically get my head around the history of the thing. Um, but also I just, I brought up, um, a video of the Royal Scottish Country Dance Association dancing to a stress bay. It was sort of a long clip. It's five minutes long. So I played that and muted it. And so I just played these tunes to them dancing so like it could match their their rhythm and that all of a sudden stress bass sort of clicked with me a little bit more once i had you know knew the tune well enough for it to be memorized uh roughly and then played it to the dancers so uh yeah if anybody is also struggling with uh stress bass uh that's worth a shot really helped me out so here is me kind of improvising little cascade into a stress bay and then playing little cascade as well as playing you with the crooked horn uh kind of from my brain <laughs> like whatever version it's from uh anyway I'll, I'll include a link in the show notes of that kind of long scottish country dance clip because it's i don't know most of the country dance clips aren't quite so long to be able to watch uh on repeat uh they show it from two angles, which was really helpful. Anyway, here is Youth Crooked Horn and Little Cascade on Highland Pipes.
So I went looking, um, you know, just in the process of trying to figure out what I was going to put on the kind of best of 2020 album, I wound up listening and kind of isolating all of the tracks in um, that I played throughout the year. And then uh, when I wound up putting on the album, try to get the notes together. Anyway, that means that I have spent some a significant amount of time familiarizing myself with manuscripts that I briefly visited in 2020. And one of those is this Neil Giles collection. It's a bizarre little published book that's like dedicated to the Caledonian Hunt Society. Um, but there's some really good tunes in it. I played Drummond Castle out of it. Uh, that made it onto the album. Just played through it on Whistle for the podcast. Um, and it's kind of funny, you know, this is Neil Giles setting for Drummond Castle from, I think it's a 1780s book. And uh, that same tune, Drummond Castle, shows up in the Drummond Castle manuscript. Uh, one of the things I buried my nose in over break was the Perth manuscript or the Drummond Castle manuscript. I think it's from 1734. It's a country dance book. Uh, I don't think it was ever actually published. Uh, maybe it was. It exists in a manuscript form. You can get it on Ross's music page, but it's in the negative, so it's a little tricky to to look at. Um, so anyway, that's all to say that I'm going to play a stress bay out of that Neil Gow's collection uh, called Lady Baird's Stress Bay. And then I'm going to play a reel out of the Perth manuscript or the Drummond Castle manuscript. So, and the reel, again, it's hard to read. It's harder to read like letters than it is to read the notes, but I think it's Alistair is what it's called. So just a little set here uh, from Neil Gow's Lady Baird's setting or Lady Baird's stress bay into Alistair's reel.
All right. Well, and, uh, you know, this next tune I'm going to play is Jenny Sutton. It was the tune that followed Lady Baird's Trespay in Neil Gow's collection. It's just a real... Uh, I just loved it. Uh, but like I said at the beginning, hard to play on Ellen Pipes. Probably doable, but not by me. Um, and so I found a country dance setting that kind of keeps all the parts that I really liked and played it on Highland Pipes. Um, I don't know, y'all, listening back... Um, Hopefully, I don't know, this doesn't feel like a good, uh, feels like a riskier uh, welcome back podcast ever. I'm not pleased with uh, playing Stress Bay's Island Pipes, for me anyway. Um, maybe we'll do another one of these later and see if I uh, get better at it. Like I said, I, I struggle with, with Stress Bay playing, getting the tempo right. You know, Robert Bremner insists in his notes, like, it's just slow. Play Stress Bay slow. Um, but they really lose something if you play playing too slow, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess the point of this episode was to demonstrate that Ellen Piper's, Irish Pipers, have been playing stress bays, uh, since the, the 18th century, um, so it's definitely something you can do. Uh, I'm not convinced that I should be doing it, uh, <laughs> but, uh, definitely something I want to get better at, so we'll see. Uh, thanks again to Paul Anderson and Jarlett Henderson for really showing how good a stress bay can sound on an Ellen Pipe. Uh, hopefully this episode directs you to some sources if you're an Ellen Piper and you want to play around with stress bays. Uh, you've now got the links to where that music is and uh, how it can sound. Um, this season I have got a lot of things planned. <laughs> uh, really outlined far more episodes than uh, I generally did in the past. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it every week or every other week. Um, probably every other week. I might take a hiatus in the summer. I'm hoping to develop another uh, podcast for um, if I get some funding to do it. Um, but that'll be more dissertation focused rather than this. And I doubt I'll be able to kind of keep the quality up um, for for two podcasts at the same time. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh yeah, happy 2021. Uh, here's me releasing an episode uh, right around the time of Robert Burns' birthday, not talking about it at all, except for right now. Um, but yeah, I've got these trespies on my mind, and uh, I just feel like i got to get this episode out there, cause, or this, i got to record this, because it is preventing me from being able to do other stuff, because I keep on thinking of more tunes to play. Uh, anyway... Um, album is going to be dropping on the first Friday in February, uh, which I guess is going to be next week when this episode releases. I'm almost certainly going to do some kind of a live stream, um, on Friday. Well, I know I'm going to do some kind of a live stream slash concert thing on Friday to promote the album. Don't know how long it'll be. Um, but I'll post that to the Facebook group or Facebook page and, probably release a little mini episode talking about it on the podcast feed as well. Um, but yeah, Oyster Wives Rant, you can see us on Bandcamp. Um, there's quite a few tunes up there to kind of wet your whistle. But of course, if you're listening to the podcast, you've already heard all of those tunes. But uh, I went through and kind of took out the ones, I think three tunes. I, I left in two or three tunes that had peaking or clipping issues, um, just because I, I couldn't imagine that I'd be able to play a better version of it. Um, of those tunes and I love them too much not to include them, I guess is the way to say it, but it's not like a persistent thing. There's just one or two instances in each of these tunes. Uh, I edited them as much as possible, but mostly that album is, you know, it's a collection of tunes as played on the podcast that are some of my favorites with the, you know, better quality audio recordings. 
Uh, so it's kind of massive. It's 37 tracks, but it still is, you know, just barely over an hour long because so many of the tunes I play on here are not really set up as sets. They're just, you know, play a tune a couple times through. Um, I'm working on finishing up the booklet now uh, as, I'm, as I'm speaking, um, which again is just kind of a slightly beefed up version of the track notes so you can follow links to all the archival stuff. But pretty, pretty proud of it, honestly. Um, and also just... I'm also just tickled, you know, people are, are clearly buying the album to support the podcast and support my music and means the world to me and kind of shocked by it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so stay tuned for more information on album release stuff and uh, there'll be some cool information there, cool resources all in one space so you don't have to hunt through and listen to me talking a bunch to hear these tunes. So anyway, cheers. Let's go out with uh, Jenny Sutton. Uh, this is from, like I said, a country dance book um, by Joseph Dales. So the country dance book is a selection of the most favorite country dances in reels published around 1800 or so. Um, but yeah, hope you enjoy it. I sure did. Sounds really awesome on Highland Pipes. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> 